Hey, everybody. Before we get on to the episode with Marina, which, by the way, is a great episode and you're definitely going to enjoy it. I have a quick favor to ask. This should only take you like half a minute, maybe two minutes tops if you're slow. I need you to get on your iTunes podcast app. If you have an iPhone, then it comes with it. If you don't have an iPhone, you need to download an app. If that's too much trouble, don't worry about it. iPhone people, though, find the podcast app and then search for Interverse Podcast. Then you need to leave a review. You don't need to. Please leave a review. It's going to help out the show. And the way you do that is making sure you search for it in the store and not just find it in your subscribed podcasts because you subscribed, right? Well, if you didn't, you should know that you can subscribe on iTunes and it's a good way to stay updated on when new episodes come out. But from the subscription page, there's no review option. You have to actually search for the show, Interverse Podcast, in the podcast app, and then you can go leave a rating. It's in the write a review button. You don't need to actually put any words in there. Just leave five stars and call it good. And I know that sounds like a lot of work, but it's literally 30 to 45 seconds, and it would help me out big time. The reason I'm asking for it is because Apple uses algorithms based on how many ratings you've got to decide how to show people the show who haven't heard of it before. You know, whenever it just comes up as a suggested content or whatever. And it would be really great if we could grow the listener base for this tribe of creative individuals that make up the Interverse family. Because the more of us there are, the more support that the show will get through some of the new mediums that I'm going to be talking about very soon. I actually kind of talk about it later in the episode. But anyway... I have a goal, Um, I have an obsession even, to turn this podcast into a platform that many, many people can use to get their art out there to others and to get their ideas out there to others. But to do that, I need your help. And right now, one of the very best ways you can help is to go leave a review on the podcast app through iTunes. Please do that. It'd mean a lot. I'll see that you did it. I'll know who you were. It'll mean a lot to me. Please, a couple of you do it, or all of you. And yeah, thank you. And now, I'm going to get on to the show.
everybody to Interverse Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. My name is Chance and I'm your host. Today I'm talking to Marina Carey again, one of my good friends that have popped up because of doing this show. Honestly, that's got to be the best part for me about doing the podcast is that a lot of the people I talk to, I wind up being very good friends with after it's over. And all of them, I would say I'm definitely their friend when it's over, at least like a a good friend, right? Right, guys? We're friends, right? Anyway, I'm positive me and Marina are friends because how could you not be friends with somebody that has this good of a outlook on the world and this much passion towards making her creativity also her way of helping others and also her way of getting by, helping herself? It's very, very hard to pull off for people in the kind of hard to get out of the box type of culture we have in the West and more and more people are trying to do it and actually what Marina's doing with her art and with her shop Wanderwear it's exactly what I want to be able to do for myself you know support myself on my creativity it's exactly what I want this platform of the podcast to actually be able to do for other people I really do Uh, I want to make something that can help others and I think a lot of you can relate to that feeling So if you don't mind, since I want to help others and you want to help others, maybe you could help me real quick and just share this show, share an episode either on your wall or I think it'd be better if you just told somebody about it in person or personally or in a message that you think would like it or share it on someone else's wall. I don't know. Just I don't need like mass sharing in the news feed. We don't need to be looking at news feeds anymore anyway. I feel like social media is better as a uh, tool with, for connecting and communicating directly. And this sort of trend that it's taken where we all sort of scroll mindlessly through feeds to look at things to kill time. It has its place, I guess, for discovering new things, but it's really not a good replacement for paying attention to the present moment. And a lot of us have definitely got that issue. Not trying to sound judgmental or anything. I just think that uh, it would be more meaningful to the to one person if you told them about it and told them why you thought they'd like it versus just kind of sharing it on your wall to everybody at mass. Now, why don't you just do both? Because, you know, cast a wide net. Help me out. Share the show on your wall. Share the show to a friend. Share the show. Uh, I'll stop begging for favors now. <laughs> You're already doing me a very nice favor and giving me the faith to listen to my podcast. And I love that. And I love you. And Marina loves you. Especially if you go check out her shop. Her new website, wanderwareshop.com. And Marina's actually one of the very first sponsors that this show is going to have. Um, Going forward, I've got a lot of plans to get this show some funding. But it's definitely not going to be your standard model thing. I actually looked into getting the sort of typical podcaster sponsorship through Amazon and through Audible. But oddly enough, in Missouri, you can't even get sponsorships like that, which led me to start looking for other ways to get support for the show. And it really occurred to me that if I want this to be a platform where the viewer base is also a creator base and I want to have a community that collaborates and connects with one another, then I can't do this with regular corporate sponsors. So you're never going to hear Squarespace.com as my sponsor or a mattress ad. And there's nothing wrong with the podcasters that do that. Definitely not. 
But what this platform is for is for promoting art, for promoting creativity. So I'm going to make sure that my sponsors going forward are coming from the pool of creative, conscious, collaborating community that we've got started here on Interverse. And we're going to build it bigger. I'm fucking obsessed like a madman with making this happen. I'm focused, doubling down, putting everything in my life on it. So <laughs> it's something I hope you guys will share with me and share with others. And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll stop rambling now. I love you guys. Wow. I'm having fun. I got a new mic. I think it sounds a lot better. And hopefully you enjoyed my conversation with Marina Carey, someone who will be back on the show many times. Okay, thanks for listening. Here we go. Make sure and give a warm welcome back to the show, my great friend, Marina Carey. Hey. Everyone else said hi to you. I heard them. I felt it. Cool. Uh, so what's up, Marina? We've already been talking for a minute, but we're going to pretend like we're just now saying hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I'm doing good. I've had a good morning. I got out and mailed some Etsy orders just in case this ice storm actually comes. <laughs> Yeah, this was kind of a like weak ass bitch type of ice storm. It didn't do anything over here. Just scared everybody to death and then nothing happened. And here it may still come tonight. I'm still thoroughly convinced they're just trying to control when and where we spend our money. <laughs> yeah, they're just doing, they're just running experiments. Like they leak information to different uh, smaller groups and see how they react. And it's like A-B testing experiments that they're doing on giant populations. Totally. It makes you wonder, man, I'm about to go a little weird right right off the right out the gate. So there's this game series I really like called Fallout. And part of it. Yeah, the gist of what's going on in that world is that these wacky scientists um created this idea of vaults where they're gonna put populations of a couple hundred people underground in these vaults um right before they manipulated world events to, to cause a giant nuclear holocaust. So then they have tons and tons of vaults with small population groups in them. And they have different like variables set up as experiments for each population group as a way to like, to control human evolution going forward and to uh, understand human psychology and everything to the best of their ability. But of course it all went horribly wrong. Each and every vault was like a terrible horror show or something really goofy happened. It's hilarious, but the point I'm getting at is like, what if this whole Illuminati concept is something along those lines? Like they create divisions in, uh, there's some higher, higher thinking people in our, in our humanity that like, they understand that we're all connected in a way and that their future is connected to the way humanity evolves because they'll reincarnate back into human bodies in the future. And they're trying to manipulate 
different subcultures of humanity. Um, just the way that you manipulate different petri dish cultures on uh, a scientific experiment. Yeah, I've definitely had thoughts along those lines. I was actually in a Facebook discussion the other day about the concept of, you know, the whole people being woke, you know, in Colorado and how there's this huge wave of people who are supposedly conscious and waking up, but it's almost like a culture of wearing sacred geometry and smoking, you know, cannabis. And so they're getting everyone chakras aligned and they're getting everyone as fully charged batteries without actually giving them sight or mm. allowing absight. You know, they're giving them the illusion of being woke by living this, you know, move to Colorado and be a hippie culture. And so they're getting these fully charged, you know, chakras aligned people, but they're not really consciously creating their own lives. So they're able to harness all these people's energy then like making stronger batteries is what you're saying. Yeah. So they're, they're like letting people be half awake by having this music culture world and by doing all this stuff, because in Colorado it's really blown up and there's not much they can do about it at this point. So they're going to try to manipulate the media and harness these, these, you know, awakening batteries. I've had thoughts though, that have come to me like in deep meditation, those times where you're like really still and then some idea that just jumps in your head and it's almost like it's from outside yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's you're like, okay, this feels like a message. I was sitting there once and not that long ago and it just came as a fully formed packet of information. The entire idea was that um, just like human consciousness is a shared collective that we each contribute to the evolution of the greater oversoul that we are all, you know, tapping into the every other species and plant also has that kind of collective consciousness that is also evolving. It has a flavor, it has a personality, it has a spirit. There is like a, a goddess connected to cannabis, for example. Yeah. And the, the rest of the packet of information that came to me was like the evolution that this entity is going through is a coevolution with the spirit of humanity. And it's actually going to start bring now that it is done a certain type of progression was involved, like learning how to humanity, helping learning how to heal itself again and tapping into um, all the medicinal uses of cannabis as a thing. Now it is seeking to evolve itself onto a uh, more spiritual energy conduit catalyst type of vibe. Like I have a feeling that as more people switch to eating edibles, and that becomes more of the thing than smoking. And well, that, that can cut, like if that's done with really high potency, organic um, marijuana versus just like whatever bag of weed that you get, I've had powerful LSD level experiences on. Well, and two, there's a difference edibles. in how your body is um, like metabolizing it between smoking and eating it. When you Definitely. eat it, a much more psychedelic experience because you're metabolizing it into a different substance. I'm not smart enough to be able to spout off that chemical name, but what THC metabolizes into when you smoke it is different than when you eat it. So the experience is completely different. And I've had multiple people saying it's a much more spiritual experience. And even from my own experience, it's a much more spiritual and like into yourself experience when you take edibles. And yeah, um, I've been, I've had, deep, deep experiences. Like mushroom level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like shit coming out of the walls, but not well, scary. I, I kind of like went into myself. I've had both. Like just kind of go into the blackness and then the blackness becomes your reality type deal. 
Hmm. Just uh, find that still center point. Yeah. And then you start think, seeing things played onto the blackness, almost like your subconscious in a dream. Have you tried a uh, isolation tank before? Float no. tank? But I would love to. They actually just opened up one in Lawrence. Oh, cool. Um, right on Mass Street. So we're doing this call over the internet. You're over in Lawrence right now. We actually, guys, I'd hope to try to figure out a way to do it live and in person. And we will at some point. But next time that you actually do manage to come to Springfield, if you haven't tried floating yet over in Lawrence, come with me and we'll go to the uh, Theta float spot that's in Springfield. Yes. They did an episode of Interverse and I recommend going back to it to anybody that hasn't because it was, A, it's really fun. And B, if you use the coupon code Interverse over at Theta, you get half off, not like half off, $30 off. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's yeah. a that's a gift of an experience. <laughs> I can't thank Matt enough for that. He's a, a really good guy for doing that. That's um, awesome. okay. Yeah. So before we continue on this tangent, I want to kind of circle back around to where we first started talking about this weather. And oh. we've talked about alternate ideas and how the government kind of wants to manipulate variables, but I sincerely, and I'm kind of going on the woo-woo thing here, but I sincerely think that the government is manipulating our weather and have been for a while. Have you ever heard of something called the harp antenna? I've heard of it. And I don't personally like to subscribe to any absolutist conspiracy theories in a sense like that this is definitely causing that. But what I will say is I'm completely open to the idea that the government can manipulate the weather because when I just think about it with logic, um, we have a technology called microwaves, right? So if you've got a satellite that could generate powerful microwaves, which well, they could do, and you just shoot it down in a straight up column of superheating microwaves down into the ocean or something, you're going to evaporate a bunch of water. You're going to cause a crazy pressure difference from the heat versus the cold and cause spinning. Essentially, you can just make a, a fucking hurricane right there. Yep. And that's a simple idea. I'm not even a smart you fucking person. It's through the air, just like through the clouds, causing the same thing to happen, creating pressure differences, just causing basic weather change. I, okay, just a couple things that make me want to believe this or keeps my, my mind open to this concept is that when I'm driving on I-70, which I've done a lot, you know, in this journey in Wanderwear, going from coast to coast, bending everywhere. You just drive through the open plains and clouds, you know, in elementary school, you learn the different kinds of clouds, you know, the cumulus, the nimbus, the, the cirrus, and you know what general clouds look like. I've been driving on I-70 and have seen legit clouds with like sine waves going through them. Really? Yes. Like what would make these shapes in the clouds? Well, I will say, I don't, I'm not discounting the idea of... Literally a week later, we go from 65 degrees down to four degrees in a matter of two days after I've noticed that. And it's happened to me over the years, multiple times where I've noticed these changes in the sky, or I'll see these weird white lines that look like jets, except they're going down instead of up. Like, why would a jet be having the jet propulsion going down? But anyway, and then just a couple of days later, we have drastic weather change. I'm just saying, go look up the harp antenna. There literally are videos of like people talking in the House and the Senate talking about the harp antenna. They fund this. This is a thing they do. 
what they're doing with it, they might, you know. There's different levels of classification about what you're allowed to know and all that. Um, and like I said, I don't disbelieve that the government has been attempting or successfully manipulating the weather. That totally makes sense. I, when I say the government, um, I guess I have a whole different idea of what the government is. And when I say manipulating the weather, when I talk about technology, I have more expanded ideas about what those things are. And what I mean by that would be like, I don't know, I'm still trying to keep everything framed within the perspective that all is self. So you have to take, you have to take the words like they, them, the government, and like, what do they represent? And uh, they represent the money holders. Well, they represent your own personal power being taken away from you and put into an external concept. Yes. This is authority over here and it's not you. You What we bought into with the social contract though. Like if you go back to psych or what is that? Humanities, you know, the social contract we bought into that, you know, in order to have safety and security and accountability and justice, we all had to take a little bit of our power and put it above ourselves. Well, you can't really do that. All you can do is put up mental blocks, mental barriers, walls. It doesn't ever actually be above you, in my opinion. Maybe, it, maybe you can put it above you, I guess, relative. Cause, but that's, that doesn't matter. What I mean is uh, it's all in the same mind. Like There's one mind that is sort of like a net that all life is, is nested within. There's like the way that uh, there's billions of cells and bacteria in a human body that's nested within one consciousness but those right. are all individual points of life. Um, the life that we experience is all nested within one larger mind. But that mind is also us because everything is within. Everything is a fractal. Human consciousness is like a black hole type of uh, container for the infinite, right? Or so it seems. And if that's the case, then the government is a part of your own mind that you've put up a wall between yourself and it and said this it represents all these things so it's still but it is still you in a weird way so like things only have power that you give to it because in the concept of government too you know we have the right to make citizens arrest you know hmm. that that power structure is even built into the government it's just gotten so far skewed that we've given them so much power in our minds that we think we don't have any anymore yeah exactly but it's all still it's all still you deciding that that's how things are in a in a way but it's it's kind of like and you're, and you're allowing it to be okay. And that's why you keep doing it. And it's also such a deep-seated belief structure that it's very hard to even see outside of it. But what it's kind of like whenever you go and eat fast food or some kind of junk, junk food, there is a big question mark on all the steps between the food, uh, it, the food's origin and getting to you. And in that same sense, whatever's going on to make the weather do weird stuff, there's this big question mark between us and the steps that are happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. And so that's like, I guess the way to change that would be to find ways to bring authority back to yourself in every small way possible, because that will echo out into the large things. And so in a weird way, figure out, you know, we're in change things that you can control. You know, it's the figure out what I can control, figure out what I can't control, you know, the wisdom to know the difference mm -hmm. and the wisdom to take action where needed. The wisdom to see that it's all linked and that if you reconnect yourself to the source of one thing, then you'll have a better, 
you'll be closer to understanding the source of other things. Like I've found this to be completely true with how I've changed eating. And whenever you start eating food where you have, you're closer to knowing the source, like organic food, as opposed to just whatever. And then you, or you take an even further step and actually you are the source of the food or someone, you know, personally is the source of the food. How you watered it, what dirt it grew in, you know, all the variables that were in that food, because that even on like, even on a scientific level, like you are what you eat, you know, your, your gut system is actually a closed system. You know, what you put in your mouth actually comes out the other end without actually, you know, going into you, but in the sense of it absorbs through membranes and becomes you. Well, your, your gut flora and everything, if it's off, you know, if you've been eating a lot of fast food without probiotic, without living, breathe, you know, living particles in it, you know, actual energy, nutrition, your, your gut's going to crave that, you know, because it now has been colonized with all this unliving food product process stuff. And that's what you're going to crave. And your gut actually controls your personality a lot. Um, I've read mm-hmm. up like you're eating crappy food. That's why people get hangry. You know, because they're, they're craving that. And it's almost like an addiction, you know, where you get angry and you need it. And you're not realizing it. So you, you get grumpy when you're eating good food, you know, good raw food. You know, I'm eating my almonds. When I'm eating my greens when I'm drinking good water. Even when I'm hungry, I almost forget I'm hungry because I'm, I'm well, I have good nutrition. You know, I'm just low on energy, maybe. So I'm not going to get as hangry because my body's not malnutritioned. I'm just a little tired. <laughs> Yeah, um, that internal ecosystem dictates a lot about people's personalities. It's it's coming out in science and all that. And um, again, like I think the best internal ecosystem you could create is one that's connected to your external ecosystem. So if right. you if you were gardening all your food, then you have that connection to the mycelial networks that are around your actual land where you're at. It's going to improve your you're not going to have like allergic reactions to your environment as much. Right. Um, You've in the concept of, you know, that what you need is given to you by the universe, you know, so all the things that you need to heal all the ailments that you might get from your natural surrounding are going to be in your natural surrounding. You know, it's kind of going back to the natives idea of, you know, we just till the earth, we learn what it can do for us and we sustain our life that way. I mean, and they had it's your earth, the better your body's going to be. That's why eating foods that are imported from other places, grown from different dirt with different water in different air, and it's just different and harder for us to digest and get the nutrition out of as opposed to, you know, organic, locally grown stuff. And those natives didn't have any word for something you'd call government. And so no. the, the difference there is if you can be living in a way where everything that you rely on to survive is in some way generated by you or in some way you're connected to the source of where it's generated, like you and your tribe, for example, it doesn't have to be just you. Then the, uh, you also have a return of your own personal self authority because the only way that a government has authority over us is that we decide we need it. We decide there's something we can't provide for ourselves, and we need to depend on that. And there is responsibility for all the aspects of ourselves. Right. Laziness. And it's hard to use that word in this culture because people really don't like to hear it. But convenience and laziness has really spawned a lot of which that we've given control to at this point. Right. Um, and it creates those divisions between us and our ecosystem, like you're saying, with uh, form, forming dependencies on things that are so far away. And this globalization thing right. also is 
draining the planet because transporting those things from one place to another is uh, taking up all that fuel. And what's crazy is I, you know, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure this is a correct statistic that like most white males are tr- of any more than any other job are truck drivers. I won't oh. say most like the majority of people, like 51%, but it's, there's more people that are truck drivers than any other job. That's true. Both of my sister's fathers are truck drivers. That's whack because how, how hard is that on a human to like sit in that position for every day forever? constant contact with car parts and oil and things causes like major health problems. I actually used to date somebody whose father worked in a car shop for 25 years and got lupus, which is an autoimmune disorder. Like damn uncurable. And it's because he didn't wear gloves working with oil. Pump gas. Oil is toxic to us. It causes cancer. Petroleum products cause cancer. Plastic causes cancer. Like, do you know what microbeads are? No. Okay, so microbeads are these exfoliant beads that are in most um, commonly manufactured uh, care products. Toothpaste, body wash, shampoo. It's exfoliant. Mm-hmm. Also a carrier, like a bonding agent. They never break down. Ever. And they're microscopic. So these things have basically littered the globe. Anywhere around first world countries. That depends on, you know, scope toothpaste, crest toothpaste, your Johnson and Johnson, your Procter and Gamble, all your basic, you know, body care products you would think of contain these microbeads. They tried to outlaw them. Uh, two years ago, Obama actually tried to outlaw them because they did a study where they, a lot of fish were dying in the Pacific and they thought it had to do with the radioactive um, spill in Fukushima. Fukushima, yeah, the Japan thing, which by the way, they haven't even fixed yet. And actually finding microbeads in them. You're freaking me the fuck out today, Marina. (sighs) This harp stuff and the microbeads, like what else do you got? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my world, dude. Uh, Microbeads are real. That's not a conspiracy theory. Like it's a thing. And that's why I really try, that's why I started Empowered Organics. Man, not one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I started it, but um, was just because stop buying those things. They're killing us and, and the planet. I mean, what happens to those beads when they sift into our dirt and they sift into our streams and they sift into our ocean and all your body and, and our body, you know, that's plastic. No wonder we're getting colon cancer. Yeah. Um, well, I don't like to think about that, but awareness is important. Knowledge is power. Knowing is half the battle, according to G.I. G.I. Joe. We should be scared of our ignorance because then we have no control. And again, that's like that, that disconnect between you and the source of things. That's what ignorance essentially is like. um, Also one, a way that I've been uh, thinking about it, thanks to listening to the really excellent podcaster, Seven Bomar, Secret Energy. um, He described kind of the, the false matrix that we're in right now as being based on thought and thinking. And that's why we have this, it's called atomism essentially. And it is, it's not necessarily originated by the Greeks, but the Greeks are the most recent culture that sort of got it going and everybody started adapting in, in the West. And since Rome did it after them and they, out of the dark ages, so to speak, they stopped and thought again, they cared about culture again. Well, yes, but part of the issue is there's still an imbalance. Like they, they're definitely still an imbalanced culture in that, they're so obsessed with thought and rationality and logic 
it's like a separate, it's actually a separation from knowing whenever you have a question, whenever you're on a quest, it means that you don't have the answer. It means you don't know. It means you don't have the thing you are questing for. And so science is actually a big, long con in a sense that is trying to suggest to us that I'm not saying we shouldn't have scientific methods, but basically our current conceptualization of science, the paradigm on which it's founded is materialism. And it's, it's this never ending question of how does matter generate consciousness? How did a dead universe create life? Like, of course it's just totally backwards because uh, consciousness is what generates the life. Consciousness is what generates the material. Right. So the difference between atomism and like questioning and questing is knowing. And it's, it's pure subjective. Knowing it's purely subjective. And Very true. so it's completely different than the whole idea of an objective truth that has to be researched and measured out. I think this difference between like absolute truth and subjective knowing is kind of like the step from 3D maybe to 4D, you know, is because your, your absolute truth is only absolute from that perspective. As soon as you shift perspective, as soon as you add another angle to that, you know, shape, you know, that 3D shape, you've got more perspectives. Now there's more absolutes. The only way you're going to actually make sense of it is if you're in the balancing point in the middle where you can right. hold both ideas in your mind at once. And right now, in our universe, in our, in our larger mind, whatever you want to call it, in life itself, mom and dad are fighting. Like there's a red versus blue. It's not, it's not, there's not a balance between those two sides right now. And I think more that we can individually create that balance in our own life, the more that the external world will reflect that. And I even think that because we each are essentially connected to that divine infinite spark of consciousness that generates everything is entirely likely or possible that each of us go our own direction and have each other in our separate experiences. But like you get to direct where the world goes essentially for you. And like, I might have an entirely different earth that I wind up on based on what I think about things. And we both have our own deal. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, it does. It actually, it's, it's very reminiscent of like kind of where I'm at in my spiritual journey right now. It's like, I'm trying to divine or decide and divine my absolute truths and my direction. But at the same time, I'm coming to like grips with the fact that I know nothing still. <laughs> well, you know, everything for myself and my own personal truth and then know who I am a hundred percent, but yet I don't know anything. Maybe that's part of the whole absolute knowing side of the spectrum is you absolutely know that you don't know anything because knowing something requires there to be like form and, um, some, you know, like something has to be constrained into a, a box to be known in a sense. You know what I mean? Right. So I want openness. I want all the options and all the opportunities to be there. <laughs> it's interesting though. I think maybe if we are able to drive ourselves into different parallel realities based on our choices, uh, it might also be that there's like an earth prime out there that we could meet on if we all found ourselves actually tapping into ourself, our true soul's purpose and doing it with such absolute certainty that we didn't wonder what else might could have been so that we don't create those alternate versions of ourselves where we go down those paths. We're not giving energy to other directions, just the one. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that one direction actually is every direction because the only way, like 
you would be expanding in every direction at once if you were it's polarized light in physics if light has a charge like it goes one direction only but right. non-polarized light radiates in all directions right and that's the same as having picking a side between red and blue or white and black is being polarized it's observer or unobserved kind of yeah man this okay. got consciously creating or are you letting it happen to you so it's like that kind of dichotomy maybe yeah like if you're not controlling yourself something external can be controlling you um uh, you have an infinite uh reality generator within you that is completely programmed by your intentions yeah i mean i even just on facebook man i i got into a discussion with somebody the other day i still am trying to convince people that their thoughts create things you know and <laughs> somebody who's having a hard time with self-worth and he'd be like, you know, no matter what, you know, nobody thinks I'm good enough. And, and, it, you know, everyone just uses me. And I'm like, well, who, who said that to you? Or, or do you just keep saying that to yourself? And he's like, well, it's true. You know, I am no good and everyone does just use me. And I'm like, well, as long as you keep saying that, you know, and keep being around people that validate that belief, you know, there's billions of people on earth for a reason. There's all different kinds. Yeah, I think another connection. It's hard for people that are not um they're not focused on self uh healing or self building because it man, I feel like I'm too like tell people what it is, what it is today. Like I don't know what it is. I don't know anything like you were saying, but I feel like people that put a lot of energy into taking care of their self, um, maybe they actually get more of that divine awareness divine consciousness brought into them like and what i've been thinking lately is it's possible that like a group of people that are all connected there might be one person that's the largest host for the greater consciousness that we all share and all come from and that could be because maybe the more in the moment you're able to be the more data and experience and information you're able to get mm -hmm. the more gravity you have towards consciousness to be drawn towards you. And like another metaphor for it could be like, if you're looking at every TV screen in the universe, all stacked up on each other. And that's what, um, you know, the creator being or the, uh, the source is like, it has every possible life perspective right there available. When you look at it all as a whole bunch of screens, if that's the metaphor we're going with, it would be completely unintelligible. So you would have to pick one and go into it if you're going to pay attention to it. And that's, that's all also working on the assumption that the feeling of selfness isness, and experience of being is the same for the source as it is for us. And it would have to be because it's, it's all the same consciousness that's flowing from a source to each life platform. Then the sense of self would be identical if you stripped away the ego. So that thing, but that ego and that, that sense of self, that, that's like why we were incarnated as human. I mean, this is just my opinion. That's no, why we sure. as humans is, is to do the single is to do the, you know, ravenous hundred percent pursue one goal because we are one, you know, we came from wholeness to experience singleness and understand the whole still from that single perspective. But so if consciousness though, is something that's non-local to our brain and is actually sort of all around us all the time and our brains are picking it up like a signal, then if you were healthier 
you had better senses, sharper perceptions because of that. And you were more in the present moment. You were mentally healthier. You didn't have like these filtration systems between you and the direct experience of reality and say you're at a bass nectar concert or something. Um, the, the source is experiencing all life everywhere at once, probably in some crazy way, but in one particular area, like imagine like a cell there's, say the concert is a cell and you have everybody in the crowd. Those are parts of the cell, but there's gotta be a nucleus, right? Like where's the nucleus? Is it the person on stage or it might be, but it also could possibly be somebody in the crowd that is so like high vibrational because they took a catalyst or something, or they're so like physically powerful. No, say, say that again. I'm just joking. I said it's probably the sound guy because he's got control of the bass. <laughs> so it might be, dude. Like that might be exactly where the source wants to go right then. But my idea is just that like you could like maybe one person could be the host of an area of like a cell of people. And uh, why I think about that is because I like maybe that explains how great leaders have come up and taken control over large groups of populations and got them all to think their way. Some people naturally have the ability to harness energy. I don't want to use the term better. I just want to say some people naturally are born with the ability to harness more energy than others, like to naturally just harness a higher level of energy than others. And some people work to achieve that. Yes. And everyone can work to achieve that. You just have to, through understanding, I think honestly it has some to do, I mean, nature versus nurture too, but I think a lot of it has to do with, your elemental composition, you know, like your, your Zodiac chart. Yeah. Our fire signs automatically are going to harness energy. You know, they burn. That's what fire does. Water mutes, mutates energy, earth stores energy, air moves energy. So I think, you know, if, if maybe if people look, and drill down into their zodiac charts and understand the ways that they move or harness energy and then they can develop those different aspects of themselves to maybe then attune themselves to be able to have more energy available in the first place it is interesting that like we all have a particular set of um i guess options checked on our boxes of like variables as a human and it does make a big difference like um before I ask you what your elemental affinities are, I would just say like, uh, no, go ahead and just tell me what your elemental affinities are. <laughs> Actually, we'll go with that. I'm very strong fire sign, but I'm in opposition with water. So I move and use energy. I harness and use energy. That's my sun is in Leo. My moon is in Scorpio and my ascendant is in Capricorn. So I harness, move and store energy. That's interesting. I haven't ever really tried to break down what the uh, like energetic flow between my different positions are. Like, I really only think about my astrology in terms of my main sign. Typically, mm-hmm. I'm actually cusped Aries, Pisces, so I have the dual fire water. That same. I'm steam essentially. That's why I have so much hot air. That's why I talk so much shit. <laughs> That's funny. My best friend is right there, Bella. She's actually a Pisces Aries cusp as well. It's a weird one. Uh huh. Very lucky though. It is because you have like all the emotions and then you have the singular, you know, Aries is the beginning, 
of the zodiac. So you're the first head of consciousness. And then Pisces is the fullness of all of the emotion, the pit of the zodiac. So, so it's also called the cusp of rebirth because mm-hmm. it's going from the end to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And interesting. Um, people talk a lot about like having past lives and things of that nature and tapping into some memories of that, or just having an intuitive sense. Like I've been here before I have deja vu all the time, but usually my deja vu feels like, Hey, I just dreamed this a couple of weeks ago. Not like I've been here before. My, I see, I'm more of a, you know, some people are more of a visionary in that aspect. Whereas I'm more intuitive. I feel mm-hmm. things. I, I'm definitely an empath. Me too. And so I don't remember where that train of thought was going now. I'm sorry. I, um, I was still holding on to the conversation energy too much. I didn't, didn't give it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that works though. Um, way to excuse a brain fart though. <laughs> I had one pretty bad earlier too. I mean, I'm only kind of stoned. <laughs> Speaking of something that we've brain farted on, we might as well use this uh, as a good segue to talk about your new online store because we haven't talked about it yet and we should really pimp it out because it's cool. And also you're the first official sponsor of Interverse, so that's like wicked awesome. And um, I'm going to talk to, to you guys more about it, but I've got a Patreon page starting up and you guys, the audience, and um, you know, I'll get more into that later. But there are ways that you guys can get uh, sponsorships get on the podcast. There's going to be so much interactivity with that Patreon. So make sure that once I launch it, you get on there. And, um, now Marina, tell me about Wonderwear. Sorry for that shameless self-promotion. Oh, that's awesome. And the cool thing about Patreon too, is you can donate just a dollar every month. It's still cool stuff. Super lovely. Awesome stuff. Anyway, my new shop, I I used to be on Etsy. I still actually currently have my Etsy open and I love Etsy. They were a, a great platform for growth but I ran into a few uh, hiccups with working with Etsy. And the biggest one for me was that they are not 420 friendly. And me being the idealistic person I am, I continued to find uh, avenues to host my art and my vision that would encompass my whole vision, which includes, you know, my conscious concentrates, which is the wire wrapped dabbers that I make and uh, spoons and just everything possible. And uh, so I, I, went on this journey of learning how to make a website, which I didn't realize that my birth mom went to college for uh, social media marketing and business. So she hooked it up and set me up with Wix.com, which was super easy to build my own website. And I did that. And I was able to not only have an online shop, but I also have a blog attached into that website. And I have an event calendar where I can put my festival schedule or my road schedule where I'm going to be all the stops that I'll have my pop-up shop at, which I live paint as well. And I'll put ticketing links or coupon codes that I might have because I'm a festival ambassador at, at different festivals this summer. So you can get all that information there on that page. But uh, I also, because I am one of the first sponsors of Inniverse, I created a coupon code for all of you listeners. Uh, I did 12% off because 12, I don't know if you study numerology, but 12 is an important number. It's uh, the number of discipleship. If you read a lot of um, like uh, stories of shamans, they had followers a lot, like the 12 disciples. So I I picked that number, just kind of symbolic what I feel like this is. You actually gave me a big idea for my Patreon whenever you told me about that uh, 12% idea. Um, So how Patreon works, guys, is like I said, I'll explain it really in depth in a separate thing. But you have tiers of 
pledging that you can do to the podcast. And for anyone that pledges $12, there's a special reward tier there. And you're going to have, first I'll send you some crystals, which is cool. (laughs) And the 12 people that sign up for this, I'll do a monthly either like tarot session with them or just talk and energy reading or any kind of communication that facilitates what you want to facilitate once a month live like webcam chat. That's something I'm going to be doing with just 12 people who only have to send me $12 a month. So awesome. Yeah. And there's other privileges in that tier too. Like you'll be able to suggest guests to come on the show. You'll, you'll have a lot of say in the direction that we're going together, honestly. And I want to add more stuff to the rewards for the, uh, for the 12. Also, I might throw a print in there as a, a initial gift or maybe like a print every couple months. There's, there's going to be a lot of, I add to it. It's so that's why I didn't, that's why I was trying to avoid getting into it here because it's almost all I think about and I could just go on forever about the Patreon thing. Grow and develop on Patreon. It's cool. It's going to be fun. Um, I really appreciate anyone that's listening right now. That's already pledged early because I had a lot of support from friends and family on that. Go team. Go team. And I'm definitely going to make sure I have all the links available for wanderwear.com because it's a great looking website and anybody could get on Wix or Squarespace and make a website that looks pretty good, but this one looks damn good. Thank you. I definitely drilled down and my, my artist OCD kicked in with all the little fonts and making sure everything was spaced and picking pictures that really spread the message of just inclusiveness and self-love and creativity and just freedom and just want people to just fall in love with the freedom I found in the festival life really from Mm. my (laughs) Mm. that's I'm trying to create that kind of freedom festival life freedom with my patreon and um this podcast is about sharing that idea as well so like I'm right there with you it's very it's very possible for all of us to create our own independence through using tools like the internet that all they do is symbolize our, our absolute connectivity from one to each other internally. Well, you can, you can put out your truest energy. You can design it to be your absolute intention, your absolute self, you know, down to the meta tags on your shop page. <laughs> I can put in consciousness. I can put in love and light and, and festival, you know, shop and freedom and self-employed. I can put all those things down into the meta tags. You know, it's, it's my most, most authentic self that I'm projecting out into the universe on the internet because I have no fear there, you know? Uh, And and you'll find yourself out. If you put yourself out there, then other people that vibe close to what yourself vibes with will find it. It, It's attractive. They resonate with it. They respond to it. And anyone out there that's listening and thinking about starting their own venture. I, I know I say this kind of thing all the time, but just start doing it, man. Uh, Make your thing. If you have people have come to me recently and said, like, I have X, Y, and Z ideas and plans that I want to do. And I just don't know where to start or how to tie it all together. I want to do all these things, but how do I just from the at the gate have all this set up? And I what I've been saying to them is just do what you want right now. Make some content. Doesn't have to have a plan. Start making stuff. For me personally, as as it's gone following my own interests the last three years since I got woke or whatever <laughs> thanks to the festival life. Uh, I, I started looking into graphic design, drawing, um, 
And then at work, I had to start doing website development. And although I don't have the patience and attention to detail to make a website like Wanderwear, and I just redo my own website over and over again hastily, uh, I do understand how it works. And combine that with starting up this podcast. And now when I'm building the Patreon, all of a sudden these things are kind of converging into one um, one thing because my art is becoming a big aspect of the Patreon that originally the podcast was separate from. Thing that resonates with your soul. The universe will conspire to bring those things together for you. Yeah, it's crazy. It'll all like just do what you want right now. Follow whatever you find interesting. Is where you it's more than one thing. Just do one thing right now. And then if you want to switch to the next thing after you make a picture or what make a song or whatever, switch to the next thing. Yeah. Just do shit. Yeah. Practice. Practice authentically pursuing what you love so that you get good at doing that. So you're not scared to do that. So you get rid of that whole anxiety, nervousness, you know, self-defeating, you know, just keep doing stuff. Something will stick statistics, man. You can, you can only do so many things and have them all fail. Something's got to stick. And if you create the space for your stuff on, online and it's your authentic self, how many people do you realistically need to support you um, to be able to support yourself? Think about how much money as a culture we send to these big corporations through the fact uh, that like maybe you know who you are. Maybe you buy a Coke once a day and you're like, that's eh, just one Coke, but you're sending like a buck or a buck 50 to Coca-Cola um, once a day or even once a month. Now take that Coke away and send a dollar a day to your favorite podcaster. <laughs> Me, right? If there's millions of people in the world. So if I can, I can assume that there's got to be at least say a couple thousand people that agree with me or like what I'm doing or interested in it. If I found those people and they sent me a dollar instead of sending Coca-Cola a dollar, then all of a sudden I'm supporting myself and Coca-Cola has a little bit less money. Now, if you do that on a mass scale, if we all start doing this, we all start sending each other a dollar and sending Coke no dollars. Coke goes away and all that wealth that was locked up in these giant corporations comes down and distributes amongst all of us. And that's why I around Black Friday and Christmas, I was all like, shop local, support small business and artists, vote with your money. It's the only vote that counts. That's <laughs> like, so true. If we're in like an oligarchical system where money is what rules things, then your money is literally the only way you have a voice mm -hmm. to decide what should and shouldn't happen. And it totally makes sense because what you support with your money is going to grow. I've seen it at the local high V that's next to my house right here. They had a pretty pretty decent kind of small organic section, but it was this is not bad. So I started shopping there more and more. And one of the cashiers told me yesterday that it's their by far their biggest profit center as a company, and they're expanding their organic section more and more all the time. I love Hy-Vee's organic section. As far as like Smaller. normal chain, like a uh, grocery stores, they have the best organic section in the Midwest. Other they're than employee owned, that's why they're cool. I can, but. You get what if you can? Natural grocers. They just don't have one where I live. Mm. So guys, I have to apologize for something potentially. Uh, my recording software is doing something that it wasn't doing before where I feel like it might be cutting you off a little bit, Marina, whenever I talk at the same time as you. And I'm trying really hard to not do it. And it's good because I'm bad yep. at interrupting. But there might be some like choppiness in your vocals when you come in and out. And I apologize for that if it's the case. It's definitely still, you can still understand what you're saying whenever you get into it. But it's okay. I, <laughs> I'll fix that shit for the next episode. 
next episode is going to be good, just like this one. We're on a roll, y'all. We are, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about my new website. So thank you to anyone who checks it out. And uh, I hope to have lots of new things in the future to share with you there. Another thing I started is uh, Empowered Organics. I know you heard me mention it just a little bit earlier, but that's a all-organic skincare company that me and a friend of mine started this last year. And uh, we're actually getting a Kickstarter going to launch its website and the first line of skincare coming up in March. And so we'll be promoting and demoing these new uh, homemade, all based of 100% organic essential oil skincares uh, out at the festival circuit this summer. So if you come by my booth at any of the festivals I'm at, just ask to try out some skincare. Get Hell yeah. Pampered. Get pampered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife was just earlier this morning. She was like, if I had just put lotion on my skin every day from when I was a baby till now, I would be perfect. And I was like, you don't need to think that way about yourself. You're already perfect. But um, definitely get some badass lotion because you can have a, the skin of a baby whenever that gets going anyway. We'll promote it on here. We'll do another episode for Empowered Organics when you get the Kickstarter launched. Awesome. Yeah, because my goal, I could talk forever about that because my whole goal with Empowered Organics is to show people and empower people to see themselves beautiful as they are, just like you were saying about your wife, that all these things that have been marketed and sold to us so that we look normal or look like everyone else or look pretty are really just to make money. Oh, yeah. And bring our self-esteem down and waste our time on other things and put our energy there in looking a certain way as opposed to creating our lives and creating our dreams and whatever else. Instead, we're creating the perfect lip color or the hair color or whatever. And populating the entire globe with microscopic beads. Yes. Hooray. Seriously, though, go look up micro beads. <laughs> Freaking me out. Okay, well, I've got to jump off here. Got a lot of stuff to do today, unfortunately. I want to talk longer next time, though. And that's why I promise that you'll be back if you want to be back because you're one of my favorite recurring guests. We can bounce ideas off each other any day. I love it. And by the way, thank you so much for doing the the huge favor and supporting the podcast, believing in what I'm doing and being the first sponsor because, um, you know, like it'll make other, other potential sponsors feel that much more comfortable doing it because you are such a genuine and good person. Well, I appreciate it. And, and I would only do it for somebody else who I feel is genuinely doing what they should be doing and, and doing something great for our tribes and for bringing consciousness to Midwest and supporting local artists and spreading the love and waking people up to, you know, what we're really here for, which is each other to love. Hey. bro. Well, I love you. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Love you too, man. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode and you're still listening. That makes me feel like I can trust you. So I'm going to tell you about a secret project I've been getting ready to launch, which I kind of touched on when I was talking to Marina. It is a Patreon website for the Interverse podcast. I'm definitely going to be going into depth about how that's going to work and how you can join up to support the show. But if you're interested in jumping on board early while it's still kind of under construction, although it's almost completely done, just go to patreon.com forward slash interverse.
I also want to thank the artists who provided music for this episode. I've been trying to do it more legit and uh, get permission from people and all that. Or at least know the person pretty well personally, so I can assume that they won't care. The first song was Cadella. And uh, the next song was by Beta Future, a drum and bass group I found on um, SoundCloud. Really cool. The song is called Sonder. You can find all this in the show notes, by the way. And then that orchestral, symphonic, cool track was by an artist called Andrea O. I also found that one on SoundCloud. Lots of cool stuff on that page. Go check it out. And yeah, right now you're listening to some weird new guy called Chad Kachow. You'll have to look that up. All right, thanks for listening to the show. Get ready for the next episode because I have an exciting guest, Ed Liu from Psychedelic Milk, an awesome podcast you should go check out after you listen to this. All right, thank you. Bye-bye.
Chad. Chad. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> 